Hey guys, welcome to the Fantasy Coaches Podcast with your hosts as always, Steve Pintado and my main man, Jabron Curtis. What's going on, Jibs? What's up, guys? How we doing today? Yeah, yeah, we're back. Episode 8, I believe we're on now. Uh, looking forward to breaking down the uh, AFC West this time around. Um, before we get into doing that, uh, Jibs, why don't you tell the tell the listeners uh, some news that's going around because there's a lot of news going out there nowadays. Yeah, so I'm going to give you a quick weekend recap. Michael Thomas got paid if you didn't catch that on Friday the Thursday. Tom Brady signed a two-year contract extension with the Patriots, freeing up $5 million in cap room this year. Texans surprisingly cut Dante Foreman. Uh, Lamar Miller is about to have some uh, – his stock's definitely better rise up. Then we're going to go with uh, Antonio Brown. He saw a foot specialist. They don't seem that concerned about it, but it did look gruesome if you all saw the pictures. Zeke and Melvin Gordon are still no-shows at camp. It's starting to look pretty serious, if you ask me. And then uh, Josh, applied, Josh Gordon applied for reinstatement. And that's my uh, weekend rundown. Oh, yeah. There, that was a lot of stuff going on in the last five or six days. Um, biggest probably is Devante, Deontay Foreman getting cut to me. Uh, total surprise this morning on Sunday. Uh, not expecting that, as I believe Many probably out there thought that Deontay Fordman could have been a sleeper this year and take over Lamar Miller's job, but um, apparently he wasn't mature enough for the team and he didn't get the work ethic that they were looking for, so they caught him. Um, only thing else is that uh, Chris Carson seems to be the better back, better back in the Seattle's backfield, which is promising because I love Chris Carson so much. Um, and... Antonio Brown's foot specialist visit is something to be concerned about for sure because you don't know exactly how serious it is. If, even if they tell you that it's not serious, teams will never really tell you how bad it is. And, you know, dealing with foot seat, foot injuries all year, wide receivers really don't produce as well when they have those kinds of injuries. So uh, nice work on the red down, Jibs. Nice work. I got you, brother. No problem at all. Yeah. Well, so let's get right into it. Um, again, like I said before, we're starting with the AFC West today, getting very close to finishing our divisional breakdowns. And let's start with the division leaders themselves, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Jibs, you know, Pat Mahomes was a... <laughs> there's no words to express how great Pat Mahomes was last year because you didn't get him until probably the double-digit rounds, and he ended up being the number one quarterback in fantasy. And I think the number one overall fan... Uh, fantasy player in points last year um how do you feel about you know Pat, um, Patrick Mahomes going into your year two as a starter Jibs how do you feel about him Pat Mahomes was electric last year just like you said raising a lot of teams uh, value last year getting them late but we all know the stats 5,097 uh, yards 50 touchdowns 12 interceptions even sprinkle on 272 rushing yards for two touchdowns I loved him last year, but at the price you're going to have to pay for him this year, I, I don't really see myself taking him unless I could get him in like round four, but I don't think that's going to happen. We all saw what he could do on the field with the electric offense. Then the sky's the limit. He's my number one quarterback. I think he's a lot of people's number one quarterback for a reason. So he does have a tough schedule this year, but I think he could succeed or like he could break down that schedule and have no worries for fancy owners because he is Patrick Mahomes. 
That's true. And, you know, for me, um, I always flirt with him, Andrew Luck, and uh, Watson in that number one spot because, unfortunately, over the last seven years, no quarterback has ever been able to repeat as number one fantasy quarterback. And maybe Pat Mahomes can break that trend. Uh, He was, like you said, amazing last year. Um, Unlike anything I could possibly have ever seen in fantasy, it was just, it was electrifying. I loved it. But, again, like you said, I'm probably going to avoid him until at least round four if I can find him there. And even then, I doubt he'll be there. But uh, let's go over to someone a little bit more controversial because many people are either really high on him or they're staying away from him, and that's Damian Williams. Uh, Damian Williams last year came in around week 15, and he lit it up. Uh, he you know, produced well. He was great in that time frame. He could have helped you win a fantasy championship. And now he's coming in as the new starter after Kareem Hunt being kicked off the team and uh, Spencer Ware is no longer there. Um, Jibs, how do you feel about Damian Williams coming into his new season as a starter? I'm unfortunately not a believer. Are you a believer or you're a truther? I mean, <laughs> a truther or a pessimist? I'm probably a truther. Um, I still like him. I don't like him in round three, though. I think he needs to be lower on these lists. If you know, if I get him in round five, which probably isn't happening whatsoever, I think he's great value in, in a later round pick. But because he's in this high power offense, he's not that great. You know, like I said, he was the number three running back between weeks fourteen to seventeen. You know, he's averaged eighty eight yards and like a touchdown or so during that time frame. But in his four years going into year five, he's never had more than fifty carries in a season, and the year he had 50 carries in a season was this past season so you know durability is definitely issue they brought in some running backs to like kind of compete with them but i don't think they have the talent to really bypass him i like him i just don't like him in third but you know if that's where he's going then i'd have to say don't take him if you can if he falls into the fourth that's a great opportunity to scoop him up i think um, Jibs, are you just staying clear of him, I guess? I'll pick him in certain situations, but I wouldn't go with him as my number one running back or the first running back I take off the board because there will be concerns with like his, his durability, like you said. And plus, he has a hamstring injury. We're not even doing full, like, blown football yet. So that has me worried a little bit. I'm going to monitor that situation closely. But like you said, it might be a bust in the, in the disguise because with this recent news, maybe it'll be an ADP fluctuation. He could drop a little bit, and then I'll have more. I guess I'll have I'll feel much better about myself picking him in the early rounds, early rounds of the draft. But yeah, watch out for Carlos Hyde, and maybe Darwin Thompson will have some more uh, value if this does become an ongoing concern. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with you, Jibs. Um, you know, Darwin Thompson is someone to look out for uh, as the season goes on. He has that electrifying uh, playmaking ability to him. I just don't think he's going to get an opportunity early on with the, the way the backfield is. Um, right now, Darrell Th- Williams is actually the guy who's been getting a lot of the first-team reps over Carlos Hyde. So he could have some value early on, especially as a handcuff late. Well, not late, but you know, late in September, that maybe if Williams can't handle that high load, that maybe Williams comes in, Williams number two comes in and actually you know get some good carries to him. So uh, keep an eye on that. 
but let's get into the players who Patrick Mahomes will be throwing to this season. And we kind of discussed this in a little detail the last couple episodes ago. So, um, Jibs, Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, Michael Harmon. Are you taking any of these players in fantasy this year, if you can get them? I'll take Sammy and uh, Tyree Kill. I just like Tyree Hill because maybe the saga could be over, maybe it's not, but you're still getting him discounted at a discounted price. He's not going in the top end of the drafts, like maybe the top 12 picks as he would have without the news. So I do like the value he get there. And then beforehand, I did not like Sammy Watkins at all. I thought he was going absurdly. He was going fairly high for um, the amount of games Tyreek Hill would have got suspended. But I think he will kind of drop back. His value will drop back. And you still could get a nice little number two receiver, bench receiver that's playing on a high-octane offense. So these guys are both in play for me in the drafts. Oh, yeah. Um, Tyreek Hill, I'm definitely about taking Tyreek Hill as long as he's playing. As of right now, there's no more further investigation that's going to be going on on him. So if he's in the top 15 pick and I can get him, I'm taking him. He's electrifying. And like I said last time, I think, just be wary if you're taking Tyreek Hill. He's that, he is the true broom or bust kind of player to him. Um, seven games last year that he played, he scored less than 10 points in them but somehow ended up as the number one wide receiver in fantasy is because he can put up like a 30-point game four or five times in the season, but he can also put you those five or six-point games. So, you know, you're taking the ultimate true robust form with him, and if you're going to do that, I think I would surround him with high-floor players, players who you know are going to give you that 10 to 12 points a game at least. So just in case Tyreek Hill has one of those shitty games, basically, he's he's going to be, you know, comfortable by high floor players uh sammy Watkins is also like i i agree with you jibs he was going way too high even though he might have been the number one wide receiver going into the season if tyree kill didn't play but right now his value is pretty good he's going somewhere around round nine i'd say right now and you know he has some potential to him he just needs to stay healthy he just hasn't he hasn't stayed healthy over the years and last year through through nine weeks he actually was the top 25 receiver so he did have some value in this offense but if we both project that this offense might take a little bit of dip in production, his value could fall a little bit. But, you know, he's not a bad wide receiver, you know, four, three or four, probably four. And you can throw him in your flex option from time to time. So, Yeah, it's all about upside at the end of the day. So that's what you're targeting in the, those later rounds of the draft. But we could go to a more consistent player on the offense, Mr. Travis Kelsey. I love Travis Kelsey. He's the, he's the he's the king of tight end, the tight end position right now. Um, he's solid. If you can get him, you know I don't like taking tight ends early. It's never been my thing, but he's someone who's going in the late second round, and I've been having some reason all these early round picks this year. So there's a possibility I might you know might catch the feeling of maybe taking him in the late second round. Um, if he was a wide receiver last year, he would have been wide receiver number eight. So he just he's just that kind of electrifying player. And if you take him, say, in the second round, you know, there's a lot of great running, uh, great receivers or running backs in between rounds four and seven that you can pick up and they could produce in that high level for you. And then you have Travis Kelsey. Like, so that's another positive thing there. But you could be also losing out on someone really good, possibly like 
maybe Mike Evans or like Dalvin Cook if they're sitting there and then they're round two. So it's really up where your draft is if you're taking him. But what about you, Jibs? You, are you taking Travis Kelsey this year if you get a chance? It's looking like I won't be able to get him because I have a lot of high up like top three picks. But I definitely, if he comes down to there on the tail end of my second pick, I'll take him. Just giving that like tight end positional advantage is is very key, especially if you know how to work the waiver wire throughout the season. You could find that one running back you need. Maybe it'll be harder for a receiver to find the waiver wire, but at the end of the day, if you can get that next running back up and you can trade a piece or two, then you have Travis Kelsey as like the key uh, cognitive of your offense. It's just it gets it moving. Just knowing that you're like, hey, looking at your lineup, oh, I got this guy, this guy, this guy. Oh, I got Travis Kelsey. Oh, who's this guy at? Uh, who? What? <laughs> this guy? Oh, Jimmy Graham? Oh, I bet. I already got like 20 points on him. So, like, at the end of the day, it, it does feel good to have a tight end. But, like, just know that you have to work your roster to, like, get a high-end running back or or good wide receiver throughout the season. Great take, Chips. Love the take on that. Um, but again, that's that's everyone for Kansas City. They have a lot of talented players. You're going to want to take in fantasy this year. Um, another team in the division is also a team who I'm very high on a lot of their players. Um, and we'll start with the quarterback position. Old man Philip Rivers. Um, I'll, I'll start on this one, Jibs, because I, I actually have a lot to say on Rivers. Um, I like him as a really solid late round quarterback this year. Um, someone you can pair up with, like a Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. One of those high upside guys with the running ability, but you know you're getting a nice late round guy with Philip Rivers. You probably pick up in like the fifteenth round and be productive for you. Um, you know, though he did, you know, his consistency kind of fell off near the end of the year last year. Um, you know, he was averaging twenty three points in the first half of the season and fell down to eighteen. And I think that's mostly due because of uh, Keenan Allen's injury last year on and off the field and the mixture of different running backs they had in the backfield there i think it kind of like downplayed him a little bit but he's in a high power offense still uh he's got his great he got a great tight end coming back um you know he's gonna be someone i think i would you know take late in drafts this year if i can get him if that's the road i take what about you jibs how do you feel how are you feeling on rivers this year i love philip rivers he's the guy he's very reliable it's not all sexy he does he has been prone to uh, throwing picks the last couple of years, but he's pretty much going to give you low-end QB1 numbers, and where you're getting him at is just a steal. Like, if you don't want to get a quarterback at all, hey, here's Philip Rivers. Bang. He has great skill position players. The running backs are involved in the passing game as well. You really can't go wrong with it. The only thing I don't like about Philip Rivers is the fact, like, he has, like, Drew Brees kind of effect. His pass attempts have came down the last two years so they're more run oriented and with the running backs we're about to preview coming uh, later you're going to see why you want to try to get one of these guys coming soon I, I couldn't agree with you more my friend couldn't agree more on that uh, he's definitely someone such as a solid player once and all in all so but let's go over to a more pressing matter, and I, you brought this up earlier, and we've talked about this already. Uh, Melvin Gordon in the backfield, he's he's still during, still involved in his holdout. I still don't, I don't know what to take of him. Um, I don't know how long he's in holdout for. I wish we had that kind of inside information for you guys. Um, 
but this could be another Le'Veon Bell situation where he just doesn't play this year. And, it, you know, if we continue to move towards this, that's why I keep saying try to do your draft late this year because there's a lot of weird holdouts going on and you need to wait as long as possible to draft if you can. I believe me and Jibs, we both have a draft the day before the season starts. So that's, you know, we, we wait to the last moment sometimes to make our drafts just in case. Uh, but he's a great player when he's playing, but he may not be playing this year. And for me, he's fallen down my draft boards. Uh, what do you make of this backfield situation now, Jibs? Like, how, how are you feeling about it? Well, speaking of drafting late, we did do a draft last year, and uh, our poor friend drafted Jared McKinnon in the third round, I believe, in our 10-man league. And oh, yeah. right after he drafted him, we got that news of the ACL tear, so he was quite distraught. I think that was the middle of the draft, too. Our good yeah. friend Jason, yes. I'm pretty sure that was mid-draft and that happened. He just, he just like, whatever. It happened. I'm like, that sucks. And that was after going, like, three straight right receivers in the draft. Yeah, bad so. timing. But, um, yeah, I, I, I can't fathom the situation. I didn't think it would get that messy, to be honest. Uh, there's been reports that they were two to three millions apart in contract negotiations, as well as that Melvin Gordon requested a trade. Le'Veon Bell didn't request a trade. I don't think he could have. Or he might have, but I don't think the Steelers were willing to do that. But... Even just to see that from Melvin Gordon after he came out with a statement that he wants to be a Charger for the rest of his career kind of makes me worry how like vile the situation has become. But mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon, he was a top 7-8 pick before, earlier in the uh, draft season. And now he's in the mid-20s, so you can see how things could change in a week-to-week basis throughout the um uh, training camp so we'll see where that goes he's gonna keep falling though i i, I don't see where this free fall is gonna end he could be an absolute steal for someone if, if he comes back before the season starts so <laughs> oh yeah oh man he could well, be the greatest deal ever yeah but he's also the biggest risk of not playing this season so it's a conundrum i don't know um, but of the people who are left in that backfield, you know, do you like Austin Eckler or uh, Justin Jackson this year, if that's the case? Oh, I love both of them. Austin Eckler proved to be a great backup running back throughout his time, his two-year career, brief career. Uh, he averaged 5.3 yards per carry. Melvin Gordon, if you uh, ask me, I think like the first couple years was very pedestrian yard per carry, like mid threes. Oh yeah. And then last year he finally averaged uh, just above five yards per carry. So he can run the ball. Like although it was limited, I think he could do that. He was number twenty-seven uh, running back in standard, number twenty-five in PPR. So it's not like he doesn't have any value. He he's not coming from any value before. So he could catch the ball in the backfield. He could do it all. It's just. He is a smaller back, so he will need to uh, split some touches. That's why I do like Justin Jackson as well. Another, he was a late plug-in play last year. Gave him the start. He did prove to be a quality back in that game. And I to see. There's reports that he's working on his receiving skills as well. So if you have a two two team back, I could see it working well with the Chargers. They. Philip Rivers has confidence in these guys. He says, we're going to work with what we have here. So if we had to work with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, that's it. It is what it is. These guys are going, not even thinking about where they're going in drafts 
now, but like now Austin Eckler's going to have some attention given to him. I don't know where he's going to be two weeks from now, probably like a fourth round pick in the like, uh, yeah, maybe, high circumstances. Maybe round five or six, I'd say. I, I wouldn't put him that high yet. Hey, but you never know. If it keeps going bad and bad, like it's just going to keep creeping up. So I can see him being a fourth round pick come September time comes if this situation has yeah, I mean, I just I just don't want to come as a as a running back too for your team. I I wouldn't want someone more more reliable. I would say I mean he he does produce, but if I'm if I'm drafting either him or Justin Jackson, I want them as a flex option week in and week out. I don't want him to be my you know wide a running back too on a week to week basis. I think it's better for matchups. I think if Melvin Gordon does not play this season. You know, the running backs obviously are going to be used, and they're going to be used well, but I think it might be turning into a little bit more passing with the ascension of some players that we'll be talking about soon in Mike Williams and Hunter Henry. And I think they're going to have a bigger opportunity if, if that's the case. Well, we definitely have different takes. It all depends where he does fall in drafts, Austin Eckler primarily. But like you said, if he becomes a later pick, can't go wrong with this. If not... You still have Justin Jackson to lean on. He will definitely be a late round lottery ticket that you could just cash in. Hopefully, all due to circumstances. But the wide receivers are very intriguing on the team. We have Keenan Allen, the hype train Mike Williams, and then a couple other guys I don't want to mention. But then you have Hunter Henry just to round out their skill position players. Who do you like out of the bunch? I still like Keenan Allen. You know, he's a consistent guy for your team. He's going to get you the receptions you need each week in and out. Um, he, he's, I've always I've always had him on a lot of my teams. I, I like him. He's Like I said, he's consistent. Uh, he did increase his touchdown percentage uh, as the season went on last year. You know, he had five touchdowns in the last eight games compared to just one. And I'm always very comfortable having him be my wide receiver one, if that's the case. Um, Jibs, how about you? Which one's your favorite out of the three? Uh, it's very close. If I would have to have one person on the team, it will obviously be Keenan Allen. Like you said, he's a volume receiver. He's a target hog. He's a borderline number one receiver, top ten. But he'll probably be number two receiver most weeks. But just a the sheer shred of uh, receiving, I mean, <laughs> the sheer pass, uh, passes coming to him just makes him reliable to week to week. And then, like I said, since the volume does it, the volume does come to him, so he does have those very boom weeks where he just catches oh, 10 catches for like a buck 40 and like maybe a touchdown. So he does have those games. I'm interested in Mike Williams a lot. He's a uh, very, he has a high touchdown up, upside with his uh, tall frame. He's definitely going to have a lot more um, opportunity led because uh, Tyrell Williams with the Oakland. So I want to see what he does. You could get him probably in round five in a 12 team league. So he could like end up being a very nice flex for you. And I, I love the potential of Mike Williams. Just love him. Um, I need to see it happen, but. I love the potential of him having like a 1,200 yard season and like 10 touchdowns again. Like, it's very possible that he does that. You know, he got 10 touchdowns last year off of only 43 catches. I mean, that's like a catch every 4.3 4. yards. Like, come on. 
He's gonna get. He should get well over 100 yards this year. I love the potential of him, and I also love the potential of Hunter Henry. Uh, he was someone who might be off a lot of people's radars because he tore his ACL in the OTAs last year, and I think he's gonna be healthy. You know, he did come back in the playoffs last year for the Chargers, mostly as a decoy, but like he came back, so that really means he's he's got to be healthy at this point now that he was able to at least come back if that was the case. Um, before, like, people might not know much about him because he didn't play last year, but, you know, he was really good the last two years going into 2016 and 2017. And that's even with Antonio Gates still sitting there eating up targets back in the day. But Antonio Gates, I don't think he's coming back in the Chargers this year unless they desperately need him. I think this is the Hunter Henry show. He's going to take over, you know, and just to hear some things about him, you know, he, in 112 targets in his career, he's got 12 touchdowns. Um... That's I think that's rel- relatively you know he finds the end zone as much as possible he can and I think him and Mike Williams could both you know ascend this season. I really think they could. Oh yeah, and just to add to the Mike Williams point, he was the number twenty in standard and number thirty two in uh, PPR. But even if I don't think his touchdowns will stay the same, I think he'll come down. But Due to his increased role, he'll have more yards and more catches, so that will lead, that will probably offset it at the end of the day. But if he just can reach seven touchdowns or something like that, I think he could pay dividends for sure. And then Hunter Henry, like he's probably one of the final tight ends I'll be drafting comfortably in dra- during draft day. So he plays on the uh, tight end front of the offense. You've seen what um, Antonio Gates has done over the, his long career. His, what Hunter Henry done that first year before he got like banged up, so I believe he is due for a breakout season or a comeback season. Oh, definitely a comeback season. I don't know if he's allowed to have a comeback player of the year, but I think he could be in the running for it. That's for sure. Oh, why not? Yeah, why not? Not at all. I think he has the ability to really, really uh, break out this season. That's for sure. Um, but let's go over to the next team on our list: the Raiders. Um, the Raiders had a tough year last year. Um, they weren't very good. Not very good at all, especially for fantasy. Uh, there wasn't anyone really on the team at the time besides Jared Cook that you would really want to draft in your fantasy teams last year. Uh, but we have a new year coming in. Um, Derek Carr is back at quarterback. Um, do you have any faith in Derek Carr to like get back to that 2017-16 form, 16 form he had at all, Jibs? I do. They upgraded the skill positions around him quite um, as pretty much like a home makeover. They have new shiny weapons around him. They got Antonio Brown, the certified number one wide receiver the last six years in fantasy. They got Tyrell Williams, a deep ball receiver who wants to prove the Chargers that he could do it all and not just be limited to that role. Jalen Richard, a nice little pass catching running back. They got like Hunter Renfro in the draft. They still have some of the wide receivers that were playing last year, like uh, eight men. So I think he was a little skittish last year. They didn't, have, uh, didn't the O line was pretty trash. So I think he can come back. He isn't a bad deep ball thrower. He's just not a he's not a bad quarterback. He just had gotten like chipped the last couple of years. So. What's your uh, outlook on him? Um, 
he's gonna, I think he might have, have a chance to be a top 20 quarterback again. Uh, I know top 20 doesn't sound that great, but he has a chance to get back in that top 20 range, maybe top 15 high, and maybe, um, you know, he had a horrible season. You know, he had a horrible wide receiving core last year, horrible running back core. Um, but, you know, after weeks nine, and um, I didn't know this, you know, he did end up averaging 21 fantasy points a game. Uh, he's also much better when he was at home, and he where he also averaged six uh, points more a game. So, you know, with the new receiving core coming in, a new running back kind of core coming in, you know, he should have a better opportunity with the talent around him to get back to that form he once had. Where you know that's why the Raiders gave him that money to be a franchise quarterback, and he has the ability to be someone. I think not maybe more you draft, but someone you. Uh, you pick up waivers during the season, and you maybe play that waiver game with him and starting him in weeks where he might have a chance to really uh, add up the points. But uh, let's get into the next topic here. Um, you know, Derek Carr, he is what he is, um, but he's only is what he is with the talent around him. Um, so let's go over to this running backs and Josh Jacobs' first round pick in this past year's draft, and then they have also Jalen Richards, the you know catchback. Um, third downs and they also have Mr. Doug Martin we don't really have to talk about him too much because he's he's not gonna play so uh Jibs what's your outtake on Josh uh, Jacobs you know do you you know do you see him getting the majority of the carries carries this season early on my out my outlook is uh 80 degrees and sunny for Josh Jacobs oh god sounds amazing <laughs> like he, he's in the back filled with limited options Plus, he profiles as do-it-all running back. He caught and ran the ball down in Alabama. Uh, Jalen Richard, he's probably going to just be relegated to a primary pass-catching running back. Uh, so, I just think Josh Jacobs is going to lead the the duties and rushing duties. Uh, Doug Martin, he's been hurt last time I heard, last time I checked, so... I just think he's going to profile as like a workhorse running back this year, and he's definitely a top three dynasty pick. Depending on how you feel about the guys up top, how do you feel about him? Yeah, I'm very torn on him because I I see two different outlooks. I see the outlook where I'm concerned taking him because I'm not sure if he can handle a full workload. Um, he didn't really take the full workload when he was in Alabama. So it's concerned that he might not be able to handle a 250-plus workload or close to it. And then there's also like, well, he hasn't had a 250, you know, he hasn't had a big workload in college, so he might be fresher on those legs than other running backs who had that proficient uh, college football career. So and that's the, if that's the case, he could be a stud for a longer period of time and actually produce more, I think, in that nature. But... You know, it's it's a really toss up for me. Um, if I've seen him sitting there in the fifth round, I'm not gonna not take him. Um, he, I think he does have the opportunity, and I always love to go for running backs who have the opportunities at least. Um, and reports are that you know he's actually taken more work away from uh, uh, Jalen Richards too, especially in the passing game. So they must he, they must really love him to like give him that opportunity because, I mean, Jalen Richards was amazing last year and. You know, PPR all stands as a for a running back. You know, he had sixty eight carries, sixty eight catches last year. Um, really great for PPR, and he's gonna have some kind of role for this team. But he was the team's third down back, and if you know, if Josh Jacobs is taking care, uh, 
targets away from him. You know, well, that's a problem for Richards, but that shows uh, confidence in Jacobs of being a three-down back for this team this year. So um, I like him enough to draft him. So. Uh, just to go back to your uh, Josh Jacobs point about him uh, not having full amount of carries at Alabama. Alabama breeds A1 talent, so they always have five-star, four-star recruits, so there's no need to have one guy just carry the load. They, I always feel like they had like um, two running backs always like pound the ball between uh, drives and whatnot. Like even like Damian Harris split time uh, carries with Bill Scarborough down there, and you can even go back to like even when Derrick Henry was down there too. So Derrick Henry had his year see- where he had like at least at least at least 150 carries. Yeah, but. He probably didn't have 150 carries when he was like a sophomore or a freshman, so you have to like get your time. And even like you can see like the same thing like um, Quentin Williams, he went number three in the draft. He didn't even start till last year, and look what happened. So. You only need one season in college to actually produce. That's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, and another thing like I do like to that point is since like Josh Jacobs can catch the ball it's not like when he's on the field say like Sonny Michelle when he's on the field with the Patriots like defense are probably saying like oh they're probably running the ball watch out for the play action but when he's on the field it's not going to be like oh they're running the ball he can catch the ball in the backfield or something like that it'll probably just be like oh Jalen Shaw's in the field they're not going to run the ball you know what I'm saying yeah I get your point on that I mean I I like him I just you know there's just like you know there's always that concern with me especially with you know rookie running backs um, but, yeah, but you got a hit on them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. It's true. Yeah, look, look at me. Two years ago, I drafted Kareem Hunt with my what third third pick in the second round. I mean, third pick, like early. I think it was like pick twenty two, and I wanted to throw up at the end of the draft. But yeah. the week one came, and I oh, was man. just running <laughs> up and down. That was an insane draft season where he he bumped up super high in a week span before everyone's drafts and no one knew what to do with this kid um and that could be an Austin Eckler situation maybe um oh yes of course but uh let's get into the receiving core of this team um they're much much different uh compared to last year um well shout out to Jordy Nelson for going back to the Packers and retiring yes that uh this this today on a Sunday uh you know great career for that man you know, was dominant for like six years in this league. Made my fantasy season good and bad. Uh, but shout out to you, Jordy Nelson, for having a great career. Um, but the reason we say that because he was all in the Raiders last year. But let's get into their real core now. Um, Mr. Antonio Brown himself, you mentioned a little earlier, and Terrell Williams, who you also mentioned earlier. So, Jibs, I'll let you uh, run with these two. Um, how are you feeling about these two for fantasy this year? I loved Antonio Brown before this recent news about his foot. I just think the value plus the opportunity that he's going to be having with the 294 vacated targets that needed to be caught, he's a perfect candidate towards the end of round two, I would suggest. Definitely have to watch out for those uh, reports about his foot, see how it progresses. But if it does go on a negative outlook for that, if you get him around three, oh my god, just like sign me up for that. Then like Tyrell Williams, he's definitely gotten some buzz around camp. He could be a last round snag. Who could have a great return on his investment. 
Uh, I'm just saying, like, all the balls can't go to Antonio Brown, right? So we're going to um, keep a lookout for him. I've been doing a lot of mock drafts lately. Re- re- recently and um i do find myself picking tyrell williams late in the drafts as like a last pick to say and then they keep a watch out for uh, hunter renfro too um the rookie out of clemson he's been getting a lot of buzz at a camp as well and then since jordan nelson retired that does free up uh one receiver maybe in the slot for him yes i was going to say the same thing about renfro he's been looking really good in camp and definitely someone you might want to target in your late in your drafts in PPR. Um, but I'll get back to the uh, the main two guys, Terrell Williams. I think he's going to have a similar row than he similar row row oh my god similar uh, role that he had back in um, LA, and he's going to be that guy who for your fantasy team he'll have you know he'll have those days where he has like two catches for ninety yards and a touchdown. That's the kind of player he is, and then some days he's going to have like three catches for like forty yards, like. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to give you horrible stats, but there's games where he's going to give you average stats, and you know he's those games where he's going to have those big games where he's going to have like a 90 yards and two touchdowns. Um, as for Antonio Brown, you know I've always I had to like really think about Antonio Brown because we really don't know what Antonio Brown is without Big Ben, and people say, well, Big Ben made Antonio Brown. People say Antonio Brown made Big Ben again, like. We really don't know. So I had to go back. I looked back in the last eight years, and they haven't played together in just seven games over that span. And in that span, Antonio Brown had just 100 yards twice. And the rest of the time, he brought, he didn't really get over 50 yards in that game, those games. So, you know, I guess you can't really compare. Maybe you can't compare Derek Carr with the maybe backup scrub quarterbacks. Um, but again, there is there is concern that maybe he isn't as elite that he will he was in Pittsburgh, and I think a lot of people can agree with that. Um, but I don't know if I'm taking him in the third round. Still, he's still a bit sketchy for me. Um, you know, I kind of want to stay away from Antonio Brown as much as I possibly can, to be honest, Jibs. I just I'm a little hep- uh, spectacle on him this season. I do understand that. When um he had Omari Cooper and Michael Crabtree down there, he never seemed to get Omari Cooper right. And he's like an immense talent of NFL. But he always it always seemed to alternate like it was like Omari Cooper had like crap week, crap week, then Michael Crabtree had like alternating weeks. So that's why I kinda had some some uh relief for Tyrell Williams in the offense. Maybe he could get him working like Derek Carr seems to spread it out to say the least but i still think with the amount of targets like and john gruden's plan i don't i don't think he's gonna just let antonio brown sit on the shelf you know what i'm saying he's definitely gonna give him his share of the targets i, I kind of see that out of that 294 number probably like 45 48 percent is going to antonio brown so anyone else you'd be looking for some work after that yeah, I know. I get that. You know, um, he's the number one receiver on a team, and he's Antonio Brown, so he's going to get drafted. And I know people. I know you guys will out there. You guys will draft him. You think I'm a little crazy, but I just, I just want to stay away from him. I, I'd rather go for someone else, like a Ty, or go for another running back at the time frame than taking him. To be just, just to be honest. Oh yes, and um, for you name brand drafters out there who just see the nice shiny name on the the draft slip. Just please don't 
get him too early. Just please don't take him too early. I know he's Antonio Brown, but just like you said, we just don't know what he is outside Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm sure there's well, people out there in the world who take Antonio Brown in the first round somehow. <laughs> yes, it's name brand recognition. That's it. Uh, well, to finish up the Raiders here, um, just one last position, and that's tight end. Um, Darren Walker. Um, he's technically the number one tight end on the team right now. There's not much about him out there. He didn't really play much. He was picked up last year, midseason on the team, and he had one decent game. He didn't play many games, but he had one decent game. Um, but he came into this new year with a lot of hype, and the coaches are loving him right now in OTAs in the beginning of training camp. He's looking really good. John Grudem loves him. Um, so that's someone to look out for too. Uh, Derek Carr, you know, even though with the receiving core there, he he might still want to target that tight end position a little bit as a little safety blanket. So I think Darren Walker could be, you know, a in season waiver pickup who could be very successful. So in season waiver sleeper, as you would say. Um, so just keep your eye on him. I don't think I'm drafting him during my drafts. But, you know, I'm going to keep an eye on him during the season and see how he progresses this year. Jibs, do you have any take on him at all, really? Uh, I really don't have a take on him. The only take I do have on him is his name is Darren Waller. Is it Darren Waller? (laughs) Yeah, I don't want want you to give uh, our nice listeners some uh, bad information. So I believe he was a wide receiver converted as a tight end, though. So he may have suitable ends, but... Kind of makes me think, like, what is he going to do on um, blocking, blocking situations and stuff like that? So I think he might have a reduced role, sort of say, because he can't do it all. Is his name really Water? Oh, it is. Wow. Aaron Waller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> well, guys. Like when I saw you, you uh, hand me the script, I was like, that's not right. <laughs> so double check that. Just so you guys know. I might know fantasy football, but I sometimes don't know how to spell correctly. So that one's on me, guys. <laughs> Darren Waller. Oh, get it right. Lord. Get it right. <laughs> okay, so to relieve you from that uh, upset right there, we're going to go to the Denver Broncos. They uh, recently got o- they recently acquired Joe Flacco. They uh, drafted Drew Locke. We have uh, outstanding, outstanding stud running back. Philip Lindsay, who was uh, undrafted. They have their, I think, uh, was he a third rounder, Royce Freeman, last year? He was third rounder, yes. Third rounder. Um, they also have Cortland Sutton in the receiving core. Emmanuel Sanders coming back from that Achilles injury. Uh, my favorite, Deshaun Hamilton. And favorite. Slot receiver. And then um, Noah Font, uh, acquired a rookie from Iowa, right? Yes. Correct. And then Iowa State. No, Iowa. Yeah, well, Iowa State. Iowa State. And then they have a bunch of other tight ends that probably need mention. Jake Bud. Jeff Ireman too. <laughs> so so you... we will start off with this uh, lovely quarterback duo of Joe Flacco and Drew Locke. I don't think we'll kind of say it's safe to say that uh, Joe Flacco was a lot to win the starting game. <laughs> If you watch the Hall of Fame game, guys, you can see that Drew Locke is not ready for that starting role yet. He made him questionable passes in that game. And, yeah, he didn't look ready to be the starter quarterback for the Denver Broncos, that's for sure. Yeah, um, 
I didn't see it, but I did hear, I did hear about it, and I just heard about that 34-yard stat line, and I was like, oh, that's lovely. So he definitely has some room to improve, and he's definitely going to be on the practice squad learning from a bunch of coaches this season. So Joe Flacco, the job is yours. Yes, I think Joe Flacco has his job pretty secured for the season. Um, but he's not going to be on your fantasy teams, guys. <laughs> um, Joe Flacco hasn't been a guy who puts up big numbers in fantasy ever. He's that kind of like 20 to 25 touchdown kind of guy. Um, the only, I guess you want to give him some positive note to him. You know, he was QB only. He was QB 17 before going down an injury last year. So that's something. Um, so he's probably going to be a top 25, though, unfortunately, I think, for the season. And he is back in his a system where he when he put up career years in 2014. So there's a positive outlook on it, but I'm not drafting him, you know. And he's definitely someone who you can use as a waiver wire if that's the direction of quarterback you guys take. So yeah, it sucks though to say that uh, Joe Flacco is a way improved version of Case Keenum. They just keep like. Slightly upgrading that quarterback position, but uh, it's just a patch play for now. I don't know what they're going to do in the long run, but it does kind of increase the wide receiver value, to say the least. To know that you have a consistent or a reliable quarterback rather than Keith Keenum under the helm. Well, Joe, I mean, um, John Elway one day will get the quarterback position right, maybe. One day. Yeah, maybe he'll just come down from being an executive and start whipping the ball down the field. Maybe he'll get back on the field. <laughs> but you guys can probably stay away from the quarterback position. Uh, as for the running back positions, that's a different story now, Jibs. Um, I don't think we brought this up in our news, but the Denver Broncos did just sign um, Theo Reddick to the team. Um, so, Run away. Um, Run away. That's going to be a little different to hear. Um, I actually don't think it affects Lindsay that much. Um, on that sense, um, Philip Lindsay last year, guys, if you didn't know, he was an undrafted rookie and came in the scene and lit it up uh, with a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. I do see some regression, unfortunately, even though I do like Lindsay, but he's a smaller back. He's coming off injury. I think they're going to probably try to get Royce Freeman the ball a little bit more in this backfield because um, he was a third round pick, but they obviously this is a new coaching regime, so. Maybe they don't, but I, I think they're going to try to get the you know the running back a little more split. And the reason I don't believe that Theoretic has any real hurt value for Lindsey is Lindsey still produced last year, and he really wasn't on the field for third downs. That's where Devonte Booker came in, if you guys don't know him. <laughs> he kind of probably hurt your fantasy season a couple weeks during the year last year. We're getting these random-ass two touchdowns during the season. I think that's going to be Theoretic's job at this point. If anything, it hurts Royce Friedman from getting maybe more carries than he was going to probably. Um, but I'm not really, really drafting Theoretic. I'm not really drafting Royce Friedman for my own self. Unless you draft Lindsay, I think it might be an okay pairing to draft both of them, especially if I'm giving a hand- he's going to be a pretty big handcuff. Um, but finally, Lindsay's starting to fall in fa- uh, mock drafts, and I think he's going to fall in your fantasy drafts too. And that's someone you can pick up in the fifth or sixth round and be kind of okay as a maybe an RB two flex option for your team. Uh, Jibs, what do you see in this backfield for yourself? 
I love Lindsay coming into this year, but I'm thinking of staying away from this backfield entirely. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they just signed Theo Riddick. That could hurt Lindsay's like receiving value, although he didn't have that much receiving uh, production last year. Then you also have to worry about Royce Freeman getting some carries as well. So between all that, I just don't want to just too much like stuff to work with in that backfield. So I'm kind of stay away for that. But it does look like Devontae Booker's uh, time is done in Denver. Thank God. <laughs> he definitely hurt some people last year. But uh, let's get into a little. Let's get into a different position on the team. Uh, let's get into the receivers. Um, as you had already mentioned, who are who's still on the team? Jibs, tell us why you like Deshaun, uh, Deion, uh, Deshaun Hamilton so much this year. Because I love him. I love Deshaun Hamilton because Sanders is coming back from an Achilles injury. It's a very hard uh, injury to come back from, first of all, and then. It's a primary like use on your foot for wide receivers are going to be constantly twitching and stuff. So I don't think he's going to be, even though he's getting good reports at camp, I just don't think he's going to be a hundred percent at the start of season. So then, like we have the Deshaun Hamilton versus Courtney Sutton. Like Sutton obviously was a higher round draft pick than Deshaun Hamilton, but he did have his opportunity being the number one wide receiver after these, uh, I think uh, Demarius Thomas got hurt and Sanders got hurt. But I know he had a terrible quarterback, so he had subpar play. But I just like Deshaun's Hamilton production down the stretch. Even though it was only three games between, um, I think it was in the fantasy playoffs, but let me read this to you. Go ahead. Read it So Deshaun Hamilton had 17.7 17.7 PPR points, 11.6 PPR points, and 16 PPR weeks in the last three important weeks in fantasy. That's 15 points P, uh, that's fifteen points in PPR again. If you look at Sutton, same stretch, he had 3.3, 9.2, 18.5. That's 10.3 points per game. If you look at the stat line receiving, oh, Deshaun had two touchdowns and Sutton only had... Board, I believe. But if you look at the receiving yards, Deshaun had 6.6 targets per game in that stretch, 44 yards. Sutton had 6.5 targets per game and 40 yards. I just like the slot connection, and I want the player who's a similar production but at a cheaper cost. That's why I like Deshaun Hamilton. That's a very nice play to it. And I'll, I'll keep continue off that because, again, I also love Deshaun Hamilton this year. Um uh, I think he's definitely going to get the slot role, hopefully. Um, Sanders is coming off that ACL injury. I mean, not ACL, but Achilles injury. That's really hard to come back from. I know he's been saying that he's been great so far this offseason, but I think they're going to make that youth switch and get Hamilton the ball more and give him the opportunity. You know, when him and Sutton were the two guys in the team, you know, he's a top 25 receiver. He averaged 10.4 points a game. And Corton Sutton, you know, I just don't care for. Um, I just don't think he's going to be a good receiver. Um, watching him last year, it was really bad. And in those four games, he was wide receiver 49. I just I just don't like him as a receiver. I don't think his quarterback elevates his play enough to make him even have an opportunity to be better. 
Um, I think the back, I think this team is Deshaun Hamilton or nothing really. Oh, so another point to add: a lot of Cortland uh, Sutton's receiving, like his passes, were like deep plays. So Joe Flacco, I know it doesn't really sound great, but he can throw the deep ball, so it kind of does help him out. Maybe he'll get more to, uh, opportunities in the intermediate parts of the field, but like I still want the guy who's cheaper and could be productive. So I'll take. Deshaun Hamilton and most drafts, but if the reports keep going well, I'll even like consider Emmanuel Sanders as well. I mean, this team has uh, has has some fantasy value to them, but you know, I think Denver might be the worst team for fantasy value in this division. That's for sure. Probably why we're staying them last. Um, yeah, you just can't bank on them. That's the thing. Yeah, you You're really just can't. Kind of bite your nails. Basically, and even in the tight end position. Um, I like Noah Font. I watched him a little bit play in the Hall of Fame game. He looked pretty good. And what I really enjoyed about him that we didn't really get a chance to see in college, I think, was his blocking abilities. And I think if he gets he gets that up to speed to the NFL, um, he might get more opportunity to be on the field. And he looked really he looked good. I mean, again, it's the third string players, but. He's a rookie coming in as a tight end position. That's 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 definitely a step behind a lot of people. Um, he could have some very good value this year. And Joe Flacco has produced a top twelve tight end before, so it's not like he can't do it again, especially with Font's talent. So I'm um, just look out for Font. He's not someone you're drafting right now, but uh, you definitely want to keep your eye on because he could be someone valuable going into I'd say late in the season next year this year. Totally agree with you. No one, you no one's gonna be trying to get him like in the beginning to the middle of the draft. So you want to like, if you want to take a shot on him, you got like some extra bench shots. Sure, why not pick him? I don't think anyone's gonna carry like two tight ends, and if he is your number one tight end, you definitely have a problem. So you need to reconsider some things. But like tight end premium leagues, whatever you can pick him, but he's definitely gonna be a working project. I think he'll be sharing some time with Jeff Ironman because he did show to have some receiving skills. But Denver does use a lot of tight ends, whether it's blocking, receiving, and whatnot, to mix and match them. So you may find it may be hard for them to find fantasy relevance throughout the year, but dynasty and stuff like that, definitely consider him. He could be a good option coming down the pipeline in a couple of years. Oh, yeah. I mean... Definitely, definitely could be very great value when it comes to dynasty in the long term. That's for sure. But like with this team, I don't think there's many. Like I said there's not many players you're going to go after. But I oh, think definitely not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that wraps up our division breakdown for the AFC West. Um, there's a lot of good players in here, and there's a lot of players you don't want to go after. And I hope we gave you guys a little bit of clearer picture on who's who's better people to take and who's not to take. Um, James, is there anything else left to say about this division? No, not at all. I just want another uh, Rams uh, Chiefs shootout. Oh, that was the greatest game probably ever seen in my life. <laughs> One of the greatest games. Uh, so many points. But um, if that's all we have, um, uh, thanks you guys for listening again. We always appreciate it. Um, again, you can find us everywhere possible. You know, iTunes. 
Spotify, Google Podcasts, we're everywhere. Check out our website, uh, www.thecoachesfantasypodcast.com. Uh, we're going to be starting doing a lot of things there. We just got our first writer on board, um, and more information on him will come soon. Hopefully, we can give you guys some good intel um, in written form and not just in podcast form as well. And we will have our full rankings up there probably within the week or so. And those will be updated as much as we possibly can get up up there. Um, So we thank you guys for listening um, and have a great one. Bye, guys. See you later.